Welcome to the Christian Life Austin Wednesday evening message. Tonight's message is entitled Elijah Part 2 by student pastor Brad Wilkinson. So tonight, for the next few minutes, we're going to continue a a series that Pastor Johnson started last Wednesday night um, about the life of Elijah and some of the the things that transpired in his life. And so we're we're in week two of that. And tonight, the topic that we're going to discuss, listen, and it has nothing to do with me, I assure you, but if you will focus in and you will zero in on the word tonight, listen, I believe with everything that I have that the stuff that we're going to talk about tonight, you can implement into your everyday life and it will radically change the way that you follow Jesus Christ. If you're taking notes, tonight would be a great night to take notes. We're going to have some points on the screen that I want you to jot down. I want you to to take home and tonight and tomorrow and the next day. I want you to to implement implement these into your everyday life and, and see what God does in your life. But before we do, we're, we're going to play a game. And it's going to be a cheesy game, but you're going to have to go with me, okay? I'm a youth pastor, so I play cheesy games. And just be glad it's not like bananas in the face and all that kind of stuff, you know, like we do up there. So it's much like the voice, except it's going to be called the prayer. I know, not a very unique name. I just kind of took it right from the voice, but just changed the word there to the prayer. And, and so... The rules are actually going to be much different. It really has nothing to do, um, anything to do with the voice at all, except for the fact that that Blake Shelton and Pharrell and Adam and and the judges, they're going to be judging you, okay? And I want you to be honest. This is going to be fun. Because let's be honest, we all go through seasons in our life and they they change. Uh, Our walk with with Christ oftentimes is, is kind of an up and down roller coaster. And our prayer life... Is much the same. And so here's what they're going to judge us on. And let's be honest, I'm going to join in on the game as well, but let's have a little fun with it, if you will. Um, And listen, don't lie in church. You know what happens when you lie, right? In church, too. I mean, come on. No lying. So here's what they're going to judge you on. They're going to judge you on your intimacy and your effectiveness when it comes to your prayer life. All right, so here's how they're going to judge. And I want you to raise your hand. Listen, trust me, I'm voting here too, okay? So let's have fun with it. Is there anybody bold enough to raise your hand and say that maybe on a scale of 1 to 10 that, that your prayer life and your intimate relationship with Jesus Christ and your effectiveness could be maybe a 9 or a 10? Do we have anybody in the house? We, we got a few people, awesome. And maybe you've been there a time or two in your life. Okay, so they, they, good job, they've judged you. Okay, now round two. Anybody bold enough to maybe say, yeah, you know, I'm probably a five or a six at this season in my life. You know, I'm not exactly where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be. You know, I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. Anybody that I, I think, you know, right now that I would have to, be very transparent and say, that's probably where I am. I, I mean, I pray daily because I have two young children. Um, I, I pray daily, and, and it's, Jesus, help me. You know, I need all of my hair. I mean, I, I don't 
just have the fullest head of hair, Lord. Don't, don't let any more fall out. Help me. And this is my favorite. This is my favorite question. It's really not. Anybody, and you don't even have to raise your hand on this one, but if you want to, you can. We're, we're being transparent tonight about our prayer lives and, and this season of our life. Would anybody be honest enough to say that my prayer life is below sea level at this point? You know, work's been crazy. It's been a tough week. I just really haven't been able to spend time with God like I wanted to do. Yeah, and there's hands all over the house for each category without a shadow of a doubt. And here's what I think. I think that there's Christians, there's, there's people in the house as well, and, and Christians in, in the community that you live in, and people that, that serve Jesus Christ, that have this same feeling about their prayer life. They, they don't really pray as much as they want to, and, and sometimes they do, but, but oftentimes the reason we're left feeling like this, in my opinion, is, is for two possible reasons. And, and the first is this, that when we pray, we, we don't feel like we have the, the right words to say, and so we start coming up with the King James version of a prayer that we think we heard our pastor pray four weeks ago, and we get confused in the midst of our prayer, and we're like, I don't even know what I'm praying about. I don't even know how to pray, and so in turn, we just stop praying because we don't know how to pray. So that's one reason that, that many of us find ourselves at a below sea level type of prayer life, and perhaps the second reason could be this, that you leave yourself, you leave asking yourself this question, does this really work? You know, but I've prayed and I just haven't seen the results that I, I feel like I should see when it comes to praying. And if you're not there now, you, you have been, or perhaps you will be sometime in the future. Those moments where it feels like God is not really moving in your life and in your situation. You, you've been praying for a spouse, perhaps. God, just send me that spouse God, take away this addiction that I just can't seem to shake. I've wrestled with it time and time again, and I'm tired of wrestling with it. And tomorrow you wake up and you find yourself wrestling with it one more time. God, are you really there? Do you really hear my prayers? You've asked God to take away your anger. You've asked him to set you free, to break every chain. As we say tonight, you've asked God to heal a relationship. And many of us are left standing here. God, where are you? Why isn't something happening in my prayer? Are you even listening to me at all? And here's what happens, you and I, because it's human nature, when we don't get our way, right? Yeah, we're left frustrated and agitated and we're upset and our feelings begin to boil up and we just get mad at God. Because he didn't do exactly what it was that we we thought he should do. And the way that we feel has caused us 
to move away from an effective prayer life altogether because we feel upset and we, we feel like God should do something about what we're praying about, our feelings caused us to stop praying all together. And I want to encourage you tonight, very quickly, at the beginning of our time together, that you and I cannot allow the way we feel to inhibit our prayer life. You and I can't allow our feelings to get in the way of our communication with Jesus Christ. We can't allow emotional lows to keep us from praying. Because we didn't get what we thought we should get. Or maybe at the opposite end of the spectrum. The emotional highs, right? Yeah, we're, we're excited, we're pumped up. But, but if you're going to have a consistent and effective prayer life, you can't always pray at the top of your lungs, screaming in, in a church fit. You know what I'm saying? Like we get sometimes, it's not always... It's not always like that. Emotional highs and emotional lows. And though we're emotional human beings, right? We have a lot of things going on. And we we can be emotional when we pray. And it's our privilege to vent, right? Vent our problems and our, our frustrations when we pray. It's important for you and I as Christians to understand that our feelings are not going to be the punch that moves God. It's always going to be a faith issue. It's not about the way we feel, but instead it's, can you believe? It's about your level of faith in the situation. Faithless and faith will be the premise that unlocks virtually everything for you and I in the kingdom of God. Can you believe that God can do whatever it is that you're praying about? Or is it just tradition, you know, I need to pray about this because things aren't going... Or do you really believe that the God you're praying to can actually do something about what you're praying to Him about? Hear me. You and I will only be able to receive to the capacity that you can believe. If you don't fully believe that he can heal you, you and I can receive to the capacity that that we can believe. Can, Can you believe that you were actually talking to God and that he's hearing you? Can you really believe that? And, And tonight... We're diving back into the life of Elijah, and and Pastor started this series last week, but Elijah was a man who who totally understood prayer. He had an incredible grasp on this concept, and he came before God with boldness and with confidence. And I've learned a lot studying this over the last week or so about the man Elijah and his prayer life, and for the next few moments, we're going to look at one of his prayers and see what we can kind of extract from that. But, but before we dive in, I want to give you a little hope. Because this helped me and I hope that it helps you. James chapter 5 and 17, it's not on the screen, so just listen to me closely. says this. Elijah was just a man like us. 
So when we dive into what we're talking about, we, we've got to understand that, listen, he doesn't have a cape on. He's not some superhero, but rather he, he's just a human being like you and I, just an ordinary person who happened to pray and have faith that God could do something. And God does something. He's just an ordinary person like you and me. And the Bible, the, the scripture continues and it says that he prayed earnestly. An ordinary man like you and I, except he prayed earnestly. He prayed earnestly. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Just think about it. When's the last time you prayed in the middle of a thunderstorm and it stopped on a dime? I'm just asking. I'm not saying it happens for me either. I'm just asking you. Come on, that's power. That's a boldness in his Savior to know he's going to do something when he prays. He prays, he prays with faith, he prays with confidence, he prays with boldness that God is going to move and God is going to work on his behalf. And you guys remember the story that Pastor jumped into last week about King Ahab, an evil, an evil, evil man. And the guy and his wife are terrible, Jezebel, and they're, they're taking the nation in a horrible direction. They're, they're moving the, the nation away from God. They're not living for God at all, in fact. And they're literally destroying it before their very eyes. And so here's what happens. Elijah, or God says to Elijah, excuse me, I need you to go to King Ahab and his wife. And I need you to tell them, listen, you better get this bad boy turned around or it's not going to end well, okay? So I need you to go break this news to them. Can you do that? Sure, sure, God, I can, I can do that. They need to fall before me because we got to right this shit, man. This is going south quickly. And so he goes to them and they don't. <laughs> And Elijah says, okay, here, here's what's going to happen. Listen, I, I understand you didn't want to receive it from me, but if you don't, God's going to stop the rain. Oh, sure. And so what, what happens next? Elijah runs and he, he prays to God. God, listen, you got to take the rain away. I stepped out here on a limb and we just read it, but, but God stops the rain three and a half years, no rain. And it was gone. And Elijah wakes up one day and he says, you know what, I, I feel that this time has lifted and that the rain needs to start again. It's time for the drought to be over. And so we're going to look at the prayer that Elijah prayed and we're going to extract a few truths from this prayer that I think if you and I were to implement these into our prayer life, we would start to see things radically change. Are you with me tonight? All right. So the story picks up in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 42. If you have your Bibles, you can turn or you can follow along with us on the screen. 1 Kings 18, 42. 
Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, to the mountain there, and he, he bent down to the ground and he put his face between his knees. Go and look toward the sea, he told a servant. So the servant went up and he looked and he came back. He said, uh, hey, Elijah, no, I'm sorry, there's, there's nothing there. And he said it seven times. Go back. Nothing. Go back. Nothing. Go back. No, nothing. Seven times. And the seventh time, the, the servant finally comes back and replies, Hey, uh, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. If you're taking notes, I want you to jot this down. If you want to have effective prayer life, effective prayers are humble prayers. Effective prayers are humble prayers. Come on, say it with me. Effective prayers are humble prayers. Can you do better than that? Effective prayers are humble prayers. So Elijah climbs to the top of Mount Carmel. He, he puts on his North Face gear. You know, he's got his, his water jug. He's ready to go. He's got his GPS. He makes his way up to the top of the mountain to be alone with God. He needed to get God's attention. Have you ever been in those situations where you just, you need to get God's attention? You, you'll do whatever it takes to get in his presence. You, you just got to get his attention. This was one of those moments. And it says that when Elijah got there, that Elijah bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees. Picture this with me. He bends down to the ground and puts his face between his knees to move himself into a posture between an incredibly holy God. He humbles himself physically and this is just an outward sign of what's going on spiritually on the inside of him. This humbleness that takes place in this situation. He was spiritually humble at the moment and and this is the reason why, because in a moment like this, he, he realized that he couldn't bring the rain. Rain come. Rain. God, pay the bills. And I'll move on. He realized in this moment that he was incredibly small, that he was really nobody, and that he was incapable of doing what needed to be done in the situation. He realized how inadequate he was in this moment. In essence, God, I am so small, I'm tiny, and I can't do what needs to be done in this situation. But God... You are, you're huge and you're big and you're the creator and you're the healer and you're the provider and you're able to do this. So here I am with my face between my knees knowing that I need you to come through because I can't do it. This is much bigger than me. And he humbles himself before God because he knew that he couldn't bring the rain, but he knew somebody who could make it rain. Not like this. Proverbs says, 
God opposes the proud, right? But gives grace to the humble. James 4 and 10 says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Not not you will lift yourself up, but when you get yourself in a humble position, he, the one who is able to put you in the places and the positions that you need to be in, he will lift you up. But what you and I have to realize is that humbling and humility always precedes the miraculous in our lives. We pray, watch, we're good at this, aren't we? We pray Luke 17 and 6. God, I do have faith the size of a mustard seed, but why isn't this mountain moving in my life? I mean, I do have faith. Size, it's, I mean, it, it, Oh, it's that big. I got that much faith. Why isn't this mountain moving? And I want to share with you tonight that God never exercises miracles when you and I can exercise the ordinary. God's not going to provide... Here's kind of what I picture. Listen, I want to do something for you, and literally, I can move a mountain. That's not a problem for me. I'm kind of God, and I'm good at this stuff. I can take care of that. But here's what I want to know. Will you humble yourself enough to go find a shovel and start digging some dirt at the base of the mountain to start moving the mountain and the situation in your life? The question is never, is God capable enough? The question is, will you humble yourself enough And do what you can do, right? Effective prayer requires you and I to humble ourselves. Number two. Effective prayers are specific prayers. I have to be honest with you in this. This is... This is not a a strong point for me. I'm good at saying, God bless us, you know, help us. Let me have a good day. Bless our church. Bless my family. God be with us. But but there's time. I'm kind of, I'm not the most specific that I I need to be. I'm kind of a non-specific praying type of dude. and, And God has really been working on me in this aspect of my life. That Listen, if you really want everything that I want you to have, you're going to start having to ask me for it. And don't be vague in general. What do you want? You are my child. Listen, and I want to bless you. If you're walking the way that you need to be walking and you're, you're doing the right, I want to give you the desires of your heart. That's not, but what is it that you want? Specifically, Brad. Elijah was specific. Very specific. God, we need rain. Not God, we need help. Yeah, that, that's necessary. You do need help. But what do you need? God, I need help. I need rain. Not I need a sprinkler to turn up. God, I need, listen, I need water to fall from the sky. H2O from heaven. I need rain. Specific prayers. I remember stories when I was a child. My, my mom 
tells me, has told me the story in the past and it's something that has never gotten away from me. I, I just couldn't ever shake it. My mom, for those of you that don't know, is an incredible prayer warrior, man. She is a strong woman of faith and the story that I'm going to tell you is straight up Bible faith, okay? I'm not even going to try to sugarcoat it. It It's straight up Bible faith. You know, people in the Bible that you see and you read stories about, this is what I'm going to tell you. I apparently was a horrible baby. <laughs> like, I would cry and scream all through the night, all through the day, not for just like one day, but for like weeks on end. Something was not going right. And, and I had, I don't know the exact condition, but I had some massive things going on in my ears. So surgery was all in the picture. Everything, it just wasn't going good. And I was literally, I would scream all the time. And my mom told me a story, which, looking back, you know, I, I see how incredible of a woman of faith that she really was, because she prayed a prayer like this, God, I need you to heal my son's ears. I need you to do whatever you do, but I need you to get inside of his head, and I need you to go ahead and fix his ears, because I can't deal with this one more day. She, listen, I'm not saying I condone this, but this is what happened to me. She poured the medicine down the drain, and this is what my mom said. She said, God, you either take him or you heal him. And I know, listen, I know that sounds absurd to some of you, but can I just go ahead and tell you that I'm 31 years old and I've not had one issue with my ears my entire life. I'm talking about Bible faith. Can you believe? Can you believe that the God you're praying to actually hears you and wants to do something about it? Specific prayers. What do you need healing for? What do you need deliverance from? What area of your life is causing you to be financially bound? Specific. And Elijah says, go and, and look towards the sea, right? Listen, servant, I've been praying, man. I need you to go... Go check towards the sea. Let, let me know, man. I've prayed. Go, 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 hurry, run, go check, go look at the sea. And he went and he looked up and there was, there was nothing there. But he was specific in what he was asking God for. Number three. Effective prayers are persistent prayers. So Elijah has humbled himself. He's, he's prayed a specific prayer. And now he says to his servant, Okay, go look towards the sea, man, and see if you see some rain. Yes, this is going to be awesome. Like, here it comes, surely, right? This is the moment where my God shows up and does something miraculous. Go tell me that it's going to rain. And he goes and he returns and no rain. Hey, uh, no, there's nothing there. And he goes and seven times, hey, I want you to go back. And he returns, no, there's nothing there. No, he, he humbles himself, right? Yeah, yeah, he's been praying specifically. 
Okay, man, I've prayed again. Go back and check. Now, this is the third time. Okay, no, nothing. Okay, I prayed. Go back and check it now and see. There's got to be, there's got to be some rain coming. I mean, I'm really hashing out the prayers here like one, two, three. No, no, I'm, no rain. There, no, Elijah, there's still nothing happening in the situation. And he sends his servant out time and time again with the same negative response. No, there's no rain. But you know what you don't hear Elijah saying in this moment? Ah, this, this, this prayer thing. It doesn't work. I mean, I prayed once and I didn't see any rain, and then so I prayed again. Still no this. No, no, this ain't for real. This this God thing's not for me. I mean, I don't think He's really. No, that's not at all what He said. Absolutely not. In fact, it's totally opposite. He prays and He prays and He prays and He prays. He is laser focused on this specific prayer. And here's what I love about Elijah. Elijah doesn't allow the outward circumstances of what's going on to affect his inward assurance of his God. He didn't allow the things that he couldn't really control to affect what he knew in his heart and in his spirit was going to happen. The servant comes back seven times. Not, no rain, sorry. Negative result after negative result. And can I pause just a moment and tell you that when you've got something down in your spirit and you know that God has told you or promised you something, there's going to be some negativity that comes in and you've got to push aside the negativity until you see that promise come to pass in your life. There's going to be some things that say, no, there's no way. You're not qualified for that. Yeah, you're right, but my God has promised me. And so excuse me while I move on. Excuse me while I move on to what God is calling me to. He doesn't allow his outward circumstances to affect him when it seems like God is not moving, when it seems like God is not answering, when it seems like God is nowhere to be found. What does he do? He prays. He prays. And he prays some more. When it seems like God isn't working, he prays. And he prays. And he prays some more. He's persistent. Persistent. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Effective prayers are humble prayers. Effective prayers are specific prayers. And effective prayers, persistent prayers. Number four. Effective prayers. Effective prayers are expectant prayers. So Elijah, Mount Carmel, the whole situation, he humbles himself. Specific prayers, persistent prayers. He's not quitting. Scripture says this, the seventh time the servant reported. Every single time he comes back and he says, no, but this time Elijah... 
He comes, uh, Elijah, there, there's a cloud. Now, listen, Elijah, I don't want you to get your hopes up, man. There is a cloud hanging out out there. Wait for it. The size of a man's hand. Oh. But I need some rain. A cloud the size of a man's hand. Okay. And watch Elijah's response. This is so incredible. Go tell Ahab right now. Hitch up your chariot. Go down before the rain stops you. Hang on. But, Elijah, hey, come on. Back to Rhea. A cloud the size of a man's hand, Elijah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You need to hitch up your chariot right now. Go down to Ahab really quickly before the rain stops you from getting down there. Because it's about to get crazy in here. It's, uh, it's all about to break loose in here. He says, listen, it's about, it's about to pour here. We, we've got to release the emergency management plan. You know what I mean? Like, everything is about to break loose. Call the ambulances if you've got to bring out the sandbags. I don't know what we have to do, but it's about to rain here. and We've got to get prepared. Alert King Ahab, get him a life vest. I don't know what he needs, but there's a cloud the size of a man's hand. And my God is about to do something in this situation. It's ridiculous, honestly. Because me, I try to be spiritual, but I don't know. I just, this dude, it's this big. Like for me, I say, um, let's turn on the news. I need to see Mark Murray's forecast. We've got a 70% chance of rain, 30% chance, this is what I say, that it doesn't rain though, you know. And then I, still, I'm not convinced at that point, right? I need to go sit outside on the porch with a short sleeve shirt on until I feel the rain hitting me on the floor. Then I'll know that God's about to do something and it's about to rain, it's about to get crazy. That, that's what I do. I know none of y'all do that. Elijah was expectant. He put stuff into play. Listen, he cost the city millions of dollars, right? Because he got everything. He said, we got to pull out all the stops here. It's about to get crazy. It's about to rain. And that's kind of what I prayed for, you know. And I know y'all didn't think it was going to work. I, I know that I had to pray, oh, just a few more times. And I know there was a little negativity in there from time to time. People say, nah, this will never happen. Uh, it's happening. So are you ready? Or, are, are you ready for what's about to happen? Would you stand with me? I'm closing. He was confident that his God was going to show up. And do the miraculous. He believed. He, he had great belief. And so now he's able to receive in a large capacity here. And so 
What happened to Elijah right after he calls out the troops and he evacuates the town and, and everybody's gone, right? Because it's, it's emergent. We raise the level here. It's water's coming. Verse 45 says this. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds. The wind rose. Here it comes. A heavy rain came on. And Ahab rode off. The power of the Lord came upon Elijah. He was expectant. And guess what happened? His God answered him and showed up in a mighty big way. I don't know, uh, listen, I don't know where you stand in your faith. I don't know if you're new to Christianity or if you've been around a long time. But here's what I do know. That the God that I'm preaching about still answers prayers. He still hears the cry of his children. He's got an ear tuned to you and I. And he's saying, what do you need, child? What is it? That you need from me because I want to bless you. I want to heal you. Can you be specific with me? And if you don't get what you want the first time, are you going to be willing to come back again a second time? And when people say it won't happen and that the report is too bad and there's no way that it could ever change, will you come back one more time? I don't know what it is for you. What have you been praying for, sir? What have you been praying for, ma'am, that you need to start praying about again tonight? Maybe it's your marriage. You haven't seen much movement, so you just kind of stopped praying. I want to encourage you tonight. Listen, you need to start praying about it again. Maybe, maybe for you it's not a marriage, but maybe it's for a job situation. You've grown tired and weary and you put in application after application and the right thing doesn't seem to keep popping up for you, but I want to encourage you tonight. Come on, can you pray one more time? Specifically what you need from God. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's a broken relationship. Maybe it's a family member that has walked away from their relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to ask you tonight. Will you be willing to pray for that one more time? And I'll step out on a limb here and just say. Could it be. Now you go back one more time. And I know, listen, it may not be much, but maybe, maybe there's a cloud the size of a man's hand forming in your situation. But, but Brad, it's not much. I mean, that son finally came to church with me for the first time in five years. I got a call back on that job application that I've been looking for. What is it for you, sir? What is it for you?
So here's what I want us to do. Listen, I, I... Come on, I want God to do something radical in your life because of the prayers that you pray. It's not, not a prayer that I pray over you, but He hears every single word that comes out of your mouth. And I want to ask you tonight, can you believe that He hears your prayers? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to throw your hands up all across the house if you need something from God. Maybe you quit praying about it. Maybe you've been very vague because you're embarrassed to tell Him about it. Maybe you need to break the chains of that addiction, but you're so embarrassed because nobody else knows and you don't even want Him to know. Come on, will you go back to Him one more time right now? Come on, will you begin to open your mouth? God, here I am. God, this is what I need from you. God, I know I stopped praying about it. Because, Lord, you just, you weren't working on my time. And I really wanted it and I got my feelings hurt. But tonight, I humble myself one more time before you. Telling you that I'm not capable to fix the situation that I've gotten myself into. And I need you. I can't make it rain, but I know you and you can bring the rain in my life. Come on, would you begin to cry out to him tonight, Lord, right now. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit clcaustin.com.